Hello, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm Sheldon Kay, and I'll be your host twice a month as we interview industry experts in the mobile detailing and PDR worlds. To start this off, we thought it was best that Kevin Halewood, who actually founded the Mobile Tech Expo slash MTE show 23 years ago, be our first interviewee. So I'm going to bring Kevin in. And Kevin, hi, thank you for joining us. How's it going? Very good. Very good. Thanks. Yourself? Oh, amazing. It's a beautiful Tuesday. So Kevin, why don't you start off and just tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, I basically am originally from England. Uh, although I was born in Canada, my parents were British subjects. And I came over when I was about five, but my mother worked for the airlines. So I went back to England to go to school and then come back for the holidays and back and forth. Uh, became an American citizen. I worked for I was in the airline industry, basically, for American Airlines, Airlift International, um, uh, Pan Am, National Airlines, British Caledonian. There were quite a few. Wow. Uh, and and we moved down to Florida in 85, so I basically left the industry. Interesting. So then, I mean, how did MTE Baltic Expo, how did this even come about? Were you, were you a dent person or what, what happened here? No, I, I started, it, it happened when I was waiting for a bus one day and there was a used car lot across the street and I'm watching this guy and he's got like silly putty going down the windshield and he looks like he's got a can of transmission fluid and he pours it in the top and he made like a little well at the bottom and I'm standing there watching him. I missed my bus. I was too busy watching him and he, he wiped it all down. It had a big crack and when he finished, he couldn't see it. So I was intrigued. I went over and I said, well, what about it? You know, how do you do that? And he goes, well, I just use, I said, yeah, but what about when the guy takes the car off the lot? He said, well, I tell everybody to get insurance. I thought, oh no, this is, this is an issue. Um, I had started to do trim work or interior work. And we started a company called Nuteriors in Florida. We were doing headliners, seats, upholstery. And I would go to the different shows, you know, to the NACE show, to SEMA, of course, the body shop shows, the ATA shows. I mean, constantly to learn new things. And I found that our industry, the mobile techs, there was absolutely nothing. And they were looked down upon in the within the other industries. Oh, well, you know, you're just a, a fly-by-night. We're, we've got our own established business. And, and I thought, well, that's not right. So we started Mobile Tech News and it was to basically bring everybody together, whatever field you're in from paint touch-up to PDR to detailing. And, um, and that was a paper newspaper, cost. right? Like an actual old, it was yeah, newspaper. because it was 23 years ago that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it went, it actually became pretty good, you know, as far as circulation. And about two years after that, I then uh, put out Detailers Digest. And uh, the first mobile tech news, I went to the SEMA show and I went to the bathroom and a guy that was watching the booth and he said, well, some guy came and he was taking pictures of everything. I said, oh, you know, I got home and we had about, I don't know, 13, 12 or 13 requests for ad space because he had held it up to the camera. And we had in the inside pages how to install a door cap on a Lincoln Town car. And from that, um, that was, it was born. You know, we just kept going with the newspapers. Wow. So um, the first show was in, or no, I guess you haven't even gotten to the show yet. So you just started the newspaper. How long did you do that? Right. Oh, um, well, I started that about 86, 87. Okay. And by 90, then we're, we're looking for shows, you know, to do a show. Um, so it's probably about five years, I guess. Wow. Uh, and we then basically, um, 
started, we put the, the feelers out to do a show and how we we're going to do it, went about it. And I met with a man by the name of Nat Danis who published Auto Trim News and he had done many shows and he helped me as far as like starting or I had no clue what to do. Um, a funny story, the very first show was in Orlando. It was at the Tupperware Center. And the morning of the show, you know, went in the day before, everybody's moving in and stuff. And it was exciting and wasn't as big as it is now by any means. But we're driving into the parking lot. And as it was the um, Tupperware Center off of John Young Parkway, and you had to go down to get into the like parking area. And as I turned the corner, Nat was with me. And I'm like, I couldn't believe it. There was a thousand cars. And I'm like, I can't believe it. And we're like, I can't believe it. You know, I guess the newspaper gets around or whatever. And we get down to the bottom. It was dark. And the guy's got a flashlight directing everybody. He goes, what are you here for? I said, we're here for MTE. And he goes, oh, no, you guys are around the back. <laughs> so we went around the back and there was about 20 cars. Um, but it turned out it was a really, really good show. Um, a gentleman by the name of, um, well, there were actually three or four, but um, Tom Nations from Dent Wizard stopped me and said, look, I got to talk to you. He said, we definitely want in, you know, next year, however many you do, because it was really beneficial to them. And I had a few more and that's, that's really what Encourage does. And I just kept going with it. Wow. Until it's what you see today. So how many booths and how many like exhibitors did you have at that first show? Probably about. I want to say maybe 50, 50 to 70, but we also had brought in a, a, a LeBaron convertible and in the middle of the show floor, and we put a new vinyl top on it, not vinyl top, I'm sorry, new convertible top on it. Um, we had one company that was actually doing sewing seats, you know, there at the show. So it was pretty diverse. It wasn't until probably about four years later that it really kind of moved into the uh, Mobile Tech Expo as it is, as you see it. Uh, the first show we were doing the Dental Olympics and they came to me and said, well, you know, you can do it outside because there's no room. And I said, okay, so we'll rent you this um, tent. It was actually like a permanent tent, but it's going to run about $800. I said, well, we don't have that. He said, okay, well, I'll give you two easy ups for a hundred. And I said, yeah, that we can do. And um, as we're all standing, it's get storm comes up and Tom Price was the one that was running it out there. And I just happened to glance out and both easy ups went flying <laughs> and everybody's standing there. It was still doing the dent in the rain. It was, it was amazing. Um, but they then came to me and said, look, we're really sorry. We, we're just going to give you the other tent, you know, so it worked out. It did work out good. Oh, nice. But some of the first things were, you know, it was tough. You didn't know what we're going to do. <laughs> right. So I know you did a couple of years in Florida and eventually it went to Texas for a minute, right? Wasn't there yeah, one sure or did. two shows in Clearwater yeah. or in um, Corpus Christi, was it? Yeah, we went from that um, venue over to the Doubletree Radisson, which was also in Orlando, but they didn't have dates. We weren't really big enough, and that was a big issue back then, but we were able to get into uh, Corpus Christi, Texas, and my best friend is a, a pilot with Southwest, and we, at that time, we did have international people coming to the show. And so he said, yeah, he said, it's the armpit of Texas. But, you know, we went down and looked at it and um, we figured, yeah, it'll work. It was like a massive uh, hall, say. We went down and uh, get there and we, we, we walked through the door and it smells like a zoo. I mean, really bad, you know, horrendous. And I said, you got to be kidding me. And he goes, 
well, don't worry, don't worry, we have, we're going to take care of it. So what are you going to, how are you going to get rid of it? There was actually cow or, or pig manure in one corner that they use like a forklift to move it around. I'm thinking, oh, geez. So is it like a dirt um, floor or was it? No, it was a concrete floor. It was floor. concrete floor with concrete. manure on it. Okay. Yeah. And they had, it was a, um, a livestock shop. So, but they had drains all over the place, you know, like water drains. And he said, don't worry, we'll take care of it. You won't even smell it. I'm thinking, you know, maybe you're delusional, but I can't see not being, not coming in here and smelling this. He goes, no, no, this is what we do. And he had this like gallon of this, whatever, air freshener, whatever. And he said, we pour this in all the trots. He said, yeah, he said, and then we light these. And he had like delayed candles, probably about 50 of them. And I'm thinking, oh, geez, this is going to be terrible. Well, the next day we came in, which was, I guess, the Wednesday, it, there was no smell. Not You couldn't smell it. And I was in shock. Um, the following morning when the show started, as far as like education and stuff, walked through the door, it smelled like it did the first day. And he said, I'm really sorry. Somebody forgot to turn on. Somebody turned <laughs> off the air handlers. I'm like, oh. But it, it, it got to the point where it was funny, you know, because... Of course, we get back and um, everybody's on the internet. Hey, did you hear about MTE? No, yeah, it was a really shit show this year. I'm like, oh. <laughs> a shit show. We got to the point where it just rolled off our back, you know. Yeah. Um, but that was that was a funny one. So then you went back to Florida after that, right? Yeah, yeah. Then we went to um, back to the DoubleTree. There were different owners for I think two years, maybe three. Uh, then from there we went out to um, Clearwater. No, we went to Clearwater first before Texas. Um, when we came back, we were at the World Gate, which is on the other side of Disney. And we were there for a few years. We actually went up renting more space out in the parking lot with tents. Uh, that went well. So it came a long way, you know, but, but again, in its infancy, we didn't have the clout, shall I say, to actually go into big venues. They wouldn't even talk. They wouldn't even give us the time of day, let alone talk to us. Right. So that was important that we had to make sure we had a venue. And, um, and that's how basically, you know, we moved it into the Creeb, which turned out to be great. Everyone loved it. Um, and, and it just, it just grew on its own, really. That's awesome. I, I mean, the Creeb, I was, a I think that's where I met you at the Creeb. It was an amazing hotel yeah. besides they yeah. ran out of beer, like on the first night. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've had a couple of them where, I say to them, because all the guys that come from Europe, they're all big beer drinkers. And I'll say, you know, for example, the world, the uh, Westgate, I said, you need a lot of beer. And he's like, yeah, we have plenty of beer. So no, no, you don't understand. They drink a lot of beer. You know, the, the English, the Germans, the French, they, they drink a lot. Oh, yeah, no problem. Well, they're out of beer by eight o'clock. And uh, they had to bring in an order overnight. But they do. The guys like to drink beer. Yep. That's ev everywhere we go now for MTE when yeah. we look at the contracts. So like we have to tell the salespeople, like, look, I'm not fluffing yeah. our own egos here. We will drink you out of all the domestic beer you have. Yeah. So and they don't believe you. No, they not at all. It's know. every single time that there has to be a learning curve on that for them. So yeah, yeah. Um, but do you want to kind of talk about how you and I met and the whole transition with you know us partnering on to produce yeah. a show and all that? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, we have been approached for people that wanted to take over you know, that wanted to, to purchase the show. And I'm not going to mention any names, but there's one individual that wanted us to become part of the family. And I had a heart attack in um, 2005 in January, and they didn't expect me to live. I mean, it, it was pretty bad. 
I was in intensive care for like seven weeks. And um, I don't want to get emotional. Um, he, he then did, took it on himself to start a show, two shows, and put out a publication against Mobile Tech News. Uh, it was called Reconditioning, I think. And he did one, I think, up in Illinois, and the other one was set for uh, California. Uh, that basically, you know, I, I was hurt over it, but the loyalty of the people that came to MTE didn't diminish. Um, the only people that did go to those shows were people that are lo local there to Illinois or to Southern California. But after the first show, I got a phone call and said, yeah, he said, you're not going to believe this from one of the guys that went. He said that there were 75 people walking the aisles. I'm, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. And they made people sign a two-year, uh, two, two-show contract. You know, you got the first show and then you have to pay for the second show with it. Well, they canceled the second show, said that they had some issue. But other than that, we had regular, you know, regular companies. There was one that's in the automotive aftermarket, not in our field. And um, there were quite a few. But again, I, as I said, Nat Danis was like a mentor to me. And he spoke very, very highly of Chuck Schwartz. And I had met Chuck once in, uh, at the SEMA show. And I was impressed. I, I really liked him. So when someone contacted me from Convex, I was, you know, definitely responsive, responsive, responsive to the to the input, and that started it. So yeah, and just to kind of fill in a couple of gaps there. So Chuck Schwartz is the founder of my company, and we were managing the SEMA show at the time. I think when you approached, right. and there was a conflict of interest at the time, and uh, right. you know, after right. we um, separated ties with SEMA, it was a perfect fit. It it actually there's a, a a lady by the name of Ellen McCoy and she is friends of Chuck's and she was my friend. And that was how it really we broke the ice. Um and it you know took a little bit, but yeah, well, I was definitely open to it. And because of who it was and convex, I thought, you know, it's it's gotta be a win win situation. And it was. Yep. And, and I mean it's been great. The best thing was at the end of the whole thing, everything was done. He said, well, you know, we want to keep you on. You got to keep coming. You know, I said, yeah, absolutely. So I'm still part of it. Yeah. Um, I just don't have all the headaches and gray hair yet. Yeah. I lost all my hair from that. So <laughs> I'm taking that on for you. But no, it's been great having you on. And obviously we've grown the show like quite a bit. And, you know, it's yeah, really a must-see event now. And it it is. It's pretty it incredible is. how it's come come along since you started 23 years ago. So I guess I have to ask though, where do you see like the future of it? What do you see happening and maybe a new industry coming in or what, what's your thoughts on that? Well, as far as PDR, that's always going to be, uh, you know, the main, well, actually it's both it's PDR and detailing, but there are other, um, basically other crafts that can come in and also, you know, add to the mix. Uh, I, I think PDR is never going to go away. Neither is detailing. PDR is basically the more education you get, of course, the better you're going to be. And I think that's pretty solid. With the detailers, I think now with the ceramic coating, I'm not sure for, I'm not sure that they need to have a uh, brick and mortar location, but of course that would help. But I think that they also are going to be coming along very well. Um, when I came down here. They were, they were selling uh, bottles of wax with Teflon in it. Well, back in college chemistry, Teflon looked like rock salt. 
and you had to get it to 750 degrees to get it to melt. So I'm thinking, well, after they liquefy it and you put it into this, how does it not scratch the paint? And that, no one ever gave me an answer. Um, but basically, detailing has come a long, long way. When I when I was at SDC this past show, and I watched them do um, the car, um, wheels car, the, the Cadillac yeah. with ceramic coating, I was really, really impressed. Very impressed with it. Yeah, but, but I think this is going to be needs just for guys that are doing waxing, you know, cleaning. Yeah, and I, the big thing, you know, a lot of people are saying in the detail industry, you know, you're not going to have to learn how to actually, you know, paint correct a car anymore. But to put on the PPF or ceramic coat, you still have to have it paint corrected beforehand. So there's still right. that need for yeah. that basic education. Yeah, and that's where the whole thing with brick and mortars coming in. Can you really do a full paint correction mobily? And guys will fight on that all day, every day at the bar and get rowdy about it's it. But. I, I think usually, I mean, if you hook up with a dealer that wants you to take over the cars, you know, as far as detailing their vehicles, uh, you don't have an issue with it. But if you're a mobile guy, it, it can create issues where you're out in the weather. Um, it starts raining in the, in the middle of it. There are a lot of things that they have to consider. Yeah. Uh, but I think it'll all work out. I really do. Awesome. All right. We're going to take one little quick break here for an ad from our today's sponsor. Today's podcast okay. is sponsored by PDR Expo. Join us in Las Vegas, Nevada for two days of networking, competition, and shopping with tool manufacturers. PDR Expo is taking place September 15th through the 16th at the Plaza Hotel and Casino. You can register to attend at PDRExpo.com. <laughs> I recorded that myself, obviously. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> Thanks. So I, let's go back to that brick and mortar. So as, as a detailer, you know, like I know a bunch here, I live in Albuquerque, New Mexico, they'll come to my house, but generally if they want to get a ceramic coat, they, I have to go to their shop. They won't do that kind of stuff there. They'll come to my house and clean my car. But do you see, you know, there's those big inflatables. Like we have some exhibitors at MTE that have those massive yeah. inflatables that set up, you know, in two minutes. Do you think there could be a future where the mobile could happen all there in someone's driveway with a deployable tent? Big. Absolutely. Absolutely. I could see that. I think that, um, again, it's a big investment for a, a detailer on his own. But if there were a company that were involved, it wouldn't be an issue. I think they definitely would. Um, it, it also goes with basically the, the detailing itself is one thing, but the ceramic coating is a little little bit different and they, they need coverage. They, they can't do it out in the, in the elements. So I think Definitely. that it's going to, it's going to happen. And then, so and I, that's on the detailing side. My big question for you in PDR, what happens to all these PDR techs if the dealerships figure out how to cover their cars during a hailstorm? Okay. They've been talking about that since probably the second show. And there was one gentleman that showed up with turtle top, I think it was called. And he had these plastic covers to put over your car. It was basically like a bubble wrap and you wrapped your car in it. Um, it didn't, it didn't really take off. There was another gentleman that had a, um, like a hard shell that you would actually put over your car. Well, of course it's going to help. It probably won't stop it because depending upon which way the hail's coming, but it would be extremely costly for a car dealership to try and cover all their cars, but you could pull them into a big blow up. I mean, now they're making, um, blow-ups for trains, you know, for, for locomotives where they're doing painting the locomotive inside one of those blow-ups. Well, you would be able to pull multiple cars into it. 
but is it cost effective for the dealership? That I don't know. You know, compared to just writing it off on insurance that they pay yeah. for already, and so the techs get paid, yeah. everyone's happy. And, yeah. and it's pretty incredible the art that they do now. I mean, they'll do a whole car of hail damage in you know an hour, and it looks oh, yeah. perfect. It's yeah, yeah. You know, I did a dent. One, I heard, I heard about this dent. Why don't you tell us about mm-hmm. that dent? And uh, they kept bothering me. Oh, Kevin, you got to do a dent. Got to do it. So I went. It was in Clearwater, and I was wearing you know a suit and tie and stuff, and I go over and they announce Kevin's going to do a dent. So of course I take off my glasses, I take off my, my jacket and um, I'm standing, I can't get, I can't get the tool on the, um, on the dent, you know, no matter what I do. And this guy keeps helping me and I'm pushing away. I'm not doing anything. And I hear behind me, one guy say to the other guy, man, this guy sucks. <laughs> and you got, you know, sitting there and I, I didn't even bother looking back, but then the other guy says, how the hell does he feed his family? And that was it. I just, it was done. <laughs> just walk but away, that, right? <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so uh, I didn't queue you up for this, but I, and this last Den Olympics, obviously we use uh, rental cars and, you know, some certain people that run the Olympics and are supposed to be in charge of the cars. Uh, they kind of forgot to put my car back together. So I get out to take my car back and the interior is halfway disassembled. But I think I remember you telling me that weren't there some dents left in your car one time that they yeah. didn't tell you about? Yeah, yeah we're, we're, the dental Olympics was over and we were taking the cars back. And um, I think it was Tom Price and he calls me and he says, you got that car? I says, yeah. He said, well, did you look at it? I said, yeah, it looked good. You know, because I walked up to it on the driver's side and saw the, the hood, the trunk and doors look good. I said, yeah, but you check the other side. I'm like, no, I didn't check the other side. So I pull over the side of the road and there's dents all the way down the car. And I'm thinking, oh, geez. So he says, well, I got some advice. I said, what's that? He said, well, if you find like a, you know, roundabout where you got to go up onto the highway, I said, yeah, just go right through the mud and they'll give a rooster tail down the side. Nobody will notice it. I'm like, oh, geez. <laughs> so I drove the car back. They all jumped out laughing and they fixed it in like 20 minutes. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was, that was a little scary. Cause that, that's a big issue when you rent cars, you know, you oh, just, yeah. You gotta go back perfect yeah so this so. when uh you know this was the first year that the guys were you know fixing the cars after the olympics to kind of correct it and this was the first right. year i brought them a bar just for them so they could have all the beers they wanted while they're fixing the cars so when i got my car back and you know half the interior was still <laughs> bars, <laughs> i said no more bars until you fix my car next time <laughs> definitely definitely uh yeah so, sorry that was a tangent there but no, so I guess we have the mobile detailing side, we have the PDR side, and both industries are looking for the different add-ons to add value to their business and just make more money. So, you know, there's the glass repair, vinyl repair, which is huge right now. And big yeah. shout out to Leather Repair Company, who's just crushing it all over the world. But do you see any other industries popping up like that or like the add-ons people could do to just make more money in what they're already doing? Um, I, I think, to be honest with you, the old things come back. They come, you know, they recycle themselves. And just like, um, say, graphics, eventually either paint or I think graphics will come back somewhat. Uh, as far as the leather and vinyl, yeah, it's amazing what they're doing. I mean, I was shocked. As I said, I had started with that when I first started, and we couldn't even come close to the, the results they're getting now. I've seen a couple of, um, well, both the, the leather repairs from Europe, as well as a few um, vinyl repairs from, it was actually in Orlando, Florida. 
And I was extremely impressed. And, and they, they weren't afraid to work on whatever car you gave them, which back in my day you were, because if the vinyl wasn't um, secure as far as it, the backing, you would actually burn through it. Uh, now they, it's not an issue, which is pretty good. As far as the future, I think that each industry on its own is going to come full circle to something else. And that's what's happened since we first started. As far as like trying to find those industries that are doing it, that's, you know, well, just like we just said, leather and vinyl have come full, full circle. And I think they're all going to do that. It's just like detailing, you know, before ceramic, um, that's an issue that, you know, most people didn't know about and all of a sudden ceramics on the scene and that's now a big issue for them as far as sales. Yeah. So. And that's what we're seeing so much with MTE that we have to have the education on these topics because just, you know, you'll see some guy, yeah, I'll ceramic coat your car for a hundred bucks. It's going to be terrible. Yeah, yeah. I'll do a leather repair job for a hundred bucks. Probably not. I mean, there's, yeah. they do it wrong and ends up having like a weird, like corn texture on it. That's just horrible. Right. So that's why we're really trying to put like push that education that, you know, get certified, get the right tools for the job and, you know, be professional about it. So. I mean, if, if you're going to be a detailer, professional detailer, you definitely need to, to join the IDA. There's no question um, because they'll help you all along. If, if you have a problem, you can pick up the phone and talk to someone. And you also then it gives you credibility in the industry. And I think that was, you know, that was a route that came through MTE. Uh, started off with a gentleman who was actually from England, moved to Fort Myers, I think it was. Graham was his first name. It was the PDTR, something like that. It was Professional Detailers Technicians Association. So PDTRA at the end. And um, it, he started it and it was, you know, pretty good. Um, but it, he passed and he was a young man. Uh, from there, it went to... Um, there were a couple of different groups, but prior to the IDA, they didn't have the clout as the ID has. They didn't have the wherewithal as the IDA now has. And um, I think the IDA is the best thing that happened with detailing for a detailer, especially. Oh, definitely. And they've been a great partner. We love working with them every year to provide education and their certifications and all that. So right. yeah, every, the, right. the great certificate or great company or in association. If you haven't, if you're a detailer out there, please go contact them, you know, get certified, learn what they can do for you and get involved and help make the whole industry better. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. Absolutely. Okay. Well, um, I guess final question of the day, what are your top three suggestions for someone first getting into any of these businesses that we've kind of discussed? I think it would have to be generic. And, and first thing is for a person starting out in the business, You've got to be honest with your customers. If, if you're doing something and it doesn't come out the way you wanted it to, or there was an issue, you, you can't hide it. You can't, you know, stick it in the back, or whatever. You got to actually come up front and tell them about it. So that's very important. Um, there, are, there are more than one thing. I mean, give the customer more than they expect is something else. Um, and, and that helps as far as the, um, you're basically customers telling other customers and then it just works in a, in a circle. So I think those two things are pretty important. As far as the actual industry itself, I would try and find a mentor that you could discuss these things with, whether you're doing paint touch up, detailing, PDR or whatever, and uh, 
try and see if you can mentor with them. And, and if you have issues or things you need help with, you can just bounce it off of those people. That's great. That's, I mean, honesty is always the best. That's what yeah, companies absolutely. that stick around are honest and you know, yeah. the word spreads about that. So that's really good stuff. Um, so I guess that's all I have for you, Kevin. Do you have any final words or anything else for the people out there? I'll see everybody at the next show. <laughs> awesome. Well, if you're in the PDR world, join us at PDR Expo in Las Vegas, September 15 and 16. And if you can't make that, see us at MTE in Orlando, February 1st through 3rd, he says, questionably. Yeah. Somewhere yeah. right around there. <laughs> Early February. And stop me in the aisle. Or talk to me. Whatever you need to, I can help you with. Yeah, we, have, we have your scooter with the flag on it. Are we going to yeah, sponsor yeah. Kevin? I don't have the flag anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but Kevin. Yeah, well, thank you very much for taking the time okay. out of your day to come and talk to us. And uh, I will talk to you soon. Great. Thanks so much. Thanks. All right. Well, everyone, uh, I hope you enjoyed the first episode of MTP. We will be doing this, like I said, twice a month and have uh, some different guests. Next, we're going to start this in September. We are going to have Kevin Bird, who, if you don't know him, you're going to have to. He's in the PDR world. And Megan, who used to work for Auto Geek, now working at Car Candy. So she uh, and him have been doing these things for quite a while and have some really interesting stories and insights to the industry. So join us in September, and I will talk to you later.